Sports Radio welcomes you to the Lions Den with your hosts, Michael Heiger and Louis Bellotta. Oh, yes, you have entered the Lions Den here on Impact Sports. Ooh. What's going on, everybody? How's, I hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving break. I hope you had a wonderful holiday. I'm your host, Michael Heiger. Join with me as every week are my co-hosts, Louis Bellotta. Gobble, gobble. And Chris Bogus. Chris, yours is a little, a little more believable there. Yeah, that was a real gobble. Is that better? Real gobble. There's an actual turkey right here. Yeah, yeah, it's you. I hope your bellies are full from a big Thanksgiving dinner and you are happy with a Lions 34-17 Thanksgiving win over the Chicago Bears. A whooping. A whooping. I was there at Ford Field on Thursday. It was my first game on Thanksgiving, first regular season game. In a couple of years, and it was a lot of fun. I went with my dad. Shout out to my dad, who's probably listening to this podcast. Shout out, Dad. Shout out to Dad. Uh, Thanks for listening. But, yeah, it was a fun Sunday, so we're going to be Thursday. Thursday, yeah, dude. Fun day Thursday. Fun day Thursday. So we're going to be recapping uh, the Lions' Thanksgiving win over the Chicago Bears today. Also, take a look at the playoff picture, where the Lions stand, and if the Lions can get into the playoffs... With only 10 wins. Is it possible? No. Looks like we already have Lewis's answer. They need to be a perfect 11. But we'll talk that later. We'll talk about that later. And then, to finish off the show, of course, we will be previewing previewing next week's game on Sunday against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a a good way to describe them. (laughs) So, let's get started. The Tampa Bay Suckaneers? Slam! Let's get started with a recap of a game against a team that was just about as bad as Tampa Bay, the Chicago Bears, and made me swallow. I had to swallow my pride a little bit because at the beginning of the season, Chris, I told we got in a little bit of an argument where you didn't th- you didn't really believe in the Bears, and going into the season, I thought the Bears were going to be a team to watch out for in, in the playoffs and a team that was going to be pretty dangerous in the NFC North. And boy, was I wrong! I was very, very, very wrong. Uh, Bogstradamus strikes again. Yeah, with the loss this week, the the Bears moved to five and seven uh, this season, and just their entire season in a nutshell was described in this game. They took an early lead. Uh, their offense looked to be able to take apart this Lions defense, pick them apart, and at the end of the first quarter, they came out with a fourteen three lead. And at that point, Lions fans had to be wondering, "Are the Bears who we thought they were?" <laughs> Are they? They are who we thought they were. Are they who they thought? Are we? Ah, whoa! Say whoa. that five times fast. They are who we thought they were. Anyway, the Lions didn't think so. The Lions knew that they had a chance in this game because because they for, listen to our podcast. They, they yeah. listen to they our podcast. They believe in course, because they would only hold the Bears to another three points the entire rest of the game. Going into the half, the Lions were actually able to come away with a twenty-four set. 14 lead scoring uh 14 yeah man Higer, you all right over there i'm all right here <laughs> need somebody else to take the reins 
Maybe. It's been a long week, but uh, amen they, to they that. did score three touchdowns in the second quarter, two to Calvin Johnson, and another run by Joey Bell. Chris, what did you think of Joey Bell's performance in this game? The only guy who carried the ball. Joey, Joey, Joey. I was saying it all day. I love Joey Bell. Almost got that 100 yards. He's the bomb diggity, yo. We've been we've been discussing it all season. When is a Lions running back finally going to reach 100 yards? Joey came close. Very, very, very good game from him. 23 carries, 91 yards, two touchdowns. You could argue it was probably one of the better games we've seen from a Lions running back this year, if not the best game. And so, uh, as I mentioned, Joey Bell did get in the end zone a second time, and that was in the fourth quarter to really seal the game and get the Lions the win. Uh, that put him up 31-17, and Matt Prater added on a field goal to make it 34-17 and seal the Lions' victory on Thanksgiving. And guys, Matt Prater, here's a guy who, early on, when after the Lions signed him, seemed a little shaky, but... What have you guys seen from him lately? Because what I've seen is consistency. I don't know if you've seen the same. He took a page out of Taylor Swift's song and he shook it off. Oh, jeez. Uh, you know what? Other than his, I, I don't know why, but like every third game he hits one off the left upright. And it's like, why? But, I mean, other than that, yeah, it, he's not Sometimes he gives you a little bit. He raises your blood yeah. pressure a little bit. Builds you up, breaks you down. Gets that confidence back up. But shakes it off. Yeah, shakes it off. A kicker is a lot like a relief pitcher in baseball where you never know if they're just going to be consistent and make you feel easy or sometimes they're just going to make you feel a little – they'll give you a little bit of a heart attack. And so uh, the Lions kicking game, beginning of the year, first half of the season seemed like it was a problem, but now it looks like things are finally settling down a little bit. Things are all calm. Things are all good. Matt Prater's – the man that we thought he was. Could you imagine if uh, Prater was here earlier, the Lions might have a couple of their uh, losses back. Yeah, I Maybe mean, two of the, them. It, it's hard to say what if, but you do have to say what if when it comes to that Buffalo Bills game. Yes, you do. Because that game, that yes. loss was solely on the kicking game. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You make a couple of those field goals that you should have made, and you win that game. And you're looking at the Lions being nine and three instead of eight and four right now. Yeah. But an ugly game. But it, like I said, though, it's hard to say what if because you look at some of the games that the Lions came back in the Saints game, Falcons game, Dolphins game. Those three games in a row, those are probably a couple of those games that the Lions should not have won. So you can really look at it at both ends of the spectrum, and every team has games like that all season, games that they should have won and they didn't, and games that they should have lost and they won. And the good teams always prevail. Good teams do always prevail. And, guys, we're looking at the Lions now, who are 8-4, and four, and they were able to put 30 points on the scoreboard for the first time since week one against the New York Giants on Monday night. So is it just a curse of Sundays where the offense just doesn't show up on Sundays, or... Is this a sign for things to come with this offense finally being able to put up 30 points on the board? I think it's just a fluke. Just a fluke. This, the Thanksgiving game was a fluke? fluke? Not a fluke, but it just is the sign of the... It, it, it perfectly depicts who the Detroit Lions are. They cannot get anything going against the elite teams, and they can wallop on the bad teams, and they are evenly matched against the average teams. That perfectly depicts hey, well, who they are. Yeah. I'd say the they... Saints are average, the Dolphins are average, and the Falcons are average. And they matched to, up perfectly with them and say. squeaked out those fighting. games. Well, I mean, with the way that we've seen all three of those teams performing lately, I mean, at least two of those teams are going to make the playoffs. So, Well, doesn't it make you feel better that they're beating up on crappy teams? 
It I does. Mean, a good team should beat up on crappy teams. This is very true. They're, they're winning the games they're supposed to win. Right. Yes. But and they're losing the they ga- they're losing the games that we would like them to win because that would secure them as the elite, which we didn't expect them to be at the beginning of the season. So in retrospect, it's kind of okay. So if you can't beat the elite teams, is it fair to say that the Lions are not a great football team? Yeah, they're good. They're a good football team. Okay, they I, they lost to the Patriots. But I, I think the Lions would like to have that game against the Cardinals back for sure. Other I mean, than that, Drew I think... Stanton doesn't look like old Drew Stanton anymore. No, Drew Stanton's I'm, that game was a fluke. That game was a fluke. If any game was a fluke, since that game, since that game against the Lions for the Cardinals, the Cardinals have pummeled, have plummeted completely. Yeah, they've lost two straight games yeah. now. After Seattle and uh, Atlanta. Yeah, and I mean that Atlanta game. They can't beat the where Birds. Where did that man. come from? Where did that come from? I actually called that game. Oh, did you call yeah, that game? Yeah, I did. The Cardinals are all of a sudden falling out of the playoff picture where Seattle's creeping up on them a little bit. Saying San Fran, I don't think, is going to be making much of a push. Colin Capper stink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a good way to... Uh, yeah, Colin Kaepernick has just fallen off. Horrible the fantasy there. pickup. Four points this week. One of the most overrated week. quarterbacks in the league. He's just behind a beautiful offensive line. And, and he can run a little yeah. bit. It's unfortunate because... I mean, I think if you give him a couple more targets to throw to, I mean, what's he got? Anquan Bolden and Michael Crabtree. Stevie, Vernon Davis. Stevie Vernon Davis has been awful this year. Frank Gore. Frank Gore is old. He's getting up there in age. I think the Seahawks are the team that I'm most scared of in this conference. I would oh, agree. Yeah. Not the Packers. And there's only the, the not only the stuff that we just listed, but San Francisco has an internal power struggle right now. Harbaugh is already basically out the door, and you can't win when that's going on. You can't. When a, when a when a coach knows that he doesn't have the front office behind him, and when the players know that the coach doesn't have the full support of the entire team, it affects the entire team as a whole, on the field and off the field. And so that's why we've seen a bit of a fallout from the 49ers on both offense and defense, because... They're having an identity issue. They really are. It's one of the more surprising ones, too, because the 49ers the last couple of years have been one of those consistent, stagnant teams in the NFC, and all of a sudden, it, there's been a bit of a shift of power. New stadium, man. You think that's what it is? New stadium? Curse? You used to playing in that candlestick park, oh. and now not so much. I don't know. In a league where everything's constantly changing, they kind of had a boring off season and didn't really do much. Now, of course, the players will say the right political things to say. They'll say it doesn't have to do with the coaching staff. It doesn't have to do with Harbaugh. It's the team that has to perform better, and the offense needs to perform better. But, I mean, guys, I think it's pretty clear that they are having an identity issue, and you hit it, You hit the nail right on the head when you said that because, I mean, that's a team that's just completely fallen apart. But back to our team. Yeah, you know who hasn't fallen apart and doesn't have an identity issue? The Lions. The Detroit Lions. Yup. The Lions, well, I, w- I would say they do have an identity issue. But oh, I think they're coming. One. I think they're coming along. That's a different identity along. issue. You're starting to realize that their identity is their defense and their elite passing game, whereas before they're like, ah, oh, we're an offensive team. I think they're starting to realize that, you know, the defense wears the pants in that family. Yeah, I mean, I think the defense has been great this year. They're not the number one defense in the NFL anymore. But they're still up there. Seahawks are the number one defense in the NFL now, and deservedly so because, I mean, they're elite. And if you and if you would have told me at the beginning of the year that the Lions' defense would even compete with the with the skill level of Seattle's defense, I would have laughed in your face. I would have thought that would never be possible. Only by fifteen yards. I mean, Seattle didn't just have two games against you know Tom Brady and 
Right, but I mean, it was still Arizona and San Francisco who are still, they're not the best offensive teams, but they're very good divisional teams. It's true. However, I think this Lions defense is, I wouldn't put them at elite status yet, but I think they are very good. The fact that they're right under Seattle, though, I mean, okay, at number one all year long, that's pretty cool. But now that they're just a little bit under Seattle, the team that won the Super Bowl last year, that's almost cooler to hear, is that they're right, they're right there flirting with the Super Bowl champs. That's comforting. I think the Lions are one player short of being where they want to be on offense, however. And that one player has been rumored to be coming back this week. And I've been saying it the last couple weeks that they need this guy back because he's probably one of the more important players on this team. And it's Larry Warford. The guard out of Kentucky, I believe. Yes. Third round pick last year. Dancing Bear. Kentucky. You have, I mean, it's really hard to debate that Larry Warford is probably the best offensive lineman on this team and probably the best run and pass blocker on this team. Now Riley Reef? You don't you think Riley Reef over Larry I Warford? I think he's pretty he's pretty stout. He's pretty stout. Who do you think is more important to come back to this line because Riley Reef is out with an injury I too. think anybody who comes back is important. Yeah, I don't think yeah. you can really gauge that because I, that is true. They have their equal role on that line. Mm-hmm. They're a, they're a nice You know what I want to see? Fill. The, the line has actually not been playing as terrible. As, you know, recent games, I'm wondering if maybe, you know, they say Rob Sims, take a seat. Maybe we'll put Tra- Travis Swanson over there. You think, I think they'll make a move like that if Larry Warford comes back? That might be a little interesting to see, but Rob Sims is the veteran. He's been in there for a while. Swanson, they want to be a true center and the guy to replace Rayola. So I'd be a little surprised if they decided to shift Swanson to guard over veteran like Rob Sims. The other thing about Rob Sims is, I mean, he has he doesn't get called for that many flags. He knows what he's doing out there. I feel like a rookie like Swanson could easily get jumped and kill a drive or something. Well, he hasn't really too bad so far. I mean, he's a rookie though. Maybe we'll see him play a few snaps at center. I don't, I don't see too a- much in the future for him with Warford coming back. Possibly this week. Possibly the week after against the Vikings. Rumors are he might practice this week. I'd be a little surprised if he played. I'd put him more at doubtful status right now than questionable, especially not probable. So we'll see as it goes on. But I think with the addition of Warford to this offensive line, you add a really a, a piece of this offense that's been missing all year, and it's the run game. And we saw we we saw flashes of it this past week with Joey getting ninety. With Joey getting 90 yards, but that was also on over 20 carries. He only averaged four year, yards per carry. That's not that high. Yeah, but every three plays, that's a first down. That is a first down, but you don't run the ball every three plays. That's why Joey, That's why the run game's not there. Mm-hmm. And so I think the Lions have been able to adapt to their blocking issues recently, and I think that's why, especially in this most recent game against the Bears, you saw that more than any, where... The Lions did adapt a little bit. Stafford got the ball out quicker. He wasn't sacked as much. You saw Joey Bell running outside the tackles, not running through the line as much. And I think they're adapting, and I think that's helping. And I think that's part of the reason why you saw them score 34 points on Thursday. I think this game against Chicago could be really good for the offense. You get to beat up on you know a not-so-great defensive team and find your identity, something like that. But we look ahead to the to the schedule and you don't really have that many elite great defensive teams looking forward but there's one in particular that worries me and it's Minnesota. Minnesota's a defense that 
has been playing pretty stout lately, especially their pass defense. They've got the all-pro safety Harrison Smith there. They've got some playmakers on uh, in their front seven, including the guy I would have liked to see the Lions draft in Anthony Barr. However, not going to go into that really. But <laughs> can't really help that when they're ahead of you. Yeah, the so, draft, so I think it'll be a little interesting to see how the how the Lions offense adapts to these defenses moving forward. And I like what I saw against Chicago. I hope that we'll see it again in Soldier Field in Week 16 because I think that game might decide the Lions' playoff hopes. But we'll see. Every game from now on decides the Lions' playoffs hope. This is true. Playoff hopes. Well, let's let's take a look into that. Let's take a look into the playoff picture right now for the Lions. And right now they're sitting 8-4. and four. And if you look at that, there's a few other teams there, 8-4, and four, competing with them right now. Seattle tied with them at 8-4, and four, but Lions have the tiebreaker because they have the better division record. But they, they're only 3-0 and oh in the division. They've still got three other division games to play. That's why I think these games against Minnesota and Chicago are so vital to come away with victories because they are, they are possible tie-breaking games when you look at head-to-head tiebreakers. And then you look at Dallas, they're only they're two and two in the division, so they're out of the playoffs right now if the season were to end today. And guys, three teams at eight and four right now, San Francisco creeping up there at seven and five. Do the Lions need to win three of their next four games and finish with eleven wins in order to make the playoffs? Yes. Absolutely. They have to. They they wholeheartedly have to. There's no there's no way possible. You gotta win to get in. You can't just squeak in by winning two games and gambling the dice that somebody else loses. They have to win three of the four. They absolutely have to. Otherwise, you can kiss the playoffs goodbye. You you win three of the next four, and the Lions are eleven and four, and that's a team. You know how many eleven and four teams don't make the playoffs? Not a lot. I'll give you guys a couple situations though, and tell me what you think because I think it is possible for the Lions to win ten games and make the playoffs and that's just looking at the Seahawks' schedule and also the Cowboys' schedule because I think the, the at the end of the day those are going to be the other two teams to compete for that final playoff spot. Can can I tell you one of these teams right here in this playoff picture that won't be in the playoffs? No. I'll tell you right now. I'm going to I'm going to ruin it for you guys. Do it. Go Arizona for it. Cardinals will not be in the playoffs. You really don't think, you think the they're Arizona sinking like Cardinals. stones? Man? I think they're going to sink real bad. They got the Chiefs this weekend. Then at the Rams, then against the Seahawks, and then at San Francisco. I think I they'll win three you. of those games. I don't. I do not. You think you're going to lose to Seattle? St. Louis yeah, is red lose hot. To Seattle. They're going to lose to Seattle. They can win against the Chiefs, and I, I think a game at San Francisco end of the year. That's a game Jim Harbaugh is going to want to win. But guys, you look at the Seahawks. They've got they they've got to travel to Philadelphia. They've still got to play San Fran again, and that's always a battle between those two teams. I know. Thursday was a little bit of a different story, but we'll see. And then they still have to travel at Arizona. I know I just said I think Seattle will win that game, but I think it'll still be competitive between both teams. And then they're playing the Rams, who recently have been on fire. They beat the Broncos. They beat the Raiders last week. 52 to nothing. 52 nothing. So, I mean, you can't sleep on the St. Louis Rams either. I'm not saying for a playoff spot, but... They're just a pesky team. They're a pesky team, and they can play spoiler. is in the thick of the playoffs just as much as any of these teams are. Yeah, and, I mean, I think Dallas, they're fading. They are starting to fade a little bit. I didn't didn't see that coming after Foles went down and Mark Sanchez uh, taking the helm. 
I never, I, I thought Philadelphia was going to be the team to fade, and I just love the Cowboys' offensive line. They're silently the third best team in the league. Who's that? The Eagles. Yeah, they really are. Third best team in the league. Their defense shows out sometimes. They do. I have them on my fantasy team. They get at least three interceptions a game. They're ball hawks. They're knocking the ball out everywhere. And you look at the Cowboys' schedule, upcoming schedule coming up, they're three, three out of their last four games are road games. They have to go. They're not necessarily the toughest road games, but they've got to go at Soldier Field to Thursday night at night at Philadelphia. That's a next loss. Sunday night at Philadelphia is totally a loss. on a Sunday night too. Yeah, then home against Indianapolis. That's a That'll loss. be a battle. I'll I'll take luck over Romo in that. And then at Washington, week seventeen, and who knows who the quarterback's going to be there? It's really tough to Could say. Be Kirk Cousins. The Redskins are going to be the Redskins <laughs> no. are going to be wanting to play spoiler against one of their division rivals, and so I think all four of those games are question marks for the Cowboys, and it's going to be tough for them to make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to make it, and I think as long as the Lions are able to win two out of their next four games, I think if they come away with ten wins because of their division record, because looking at it, I think they are only going to lose one division game, but if they lose two, I think they'll get in. So we'll, we'll hold on here, Hager. Hold on. You're saying Dallas isn't going to make it. No. Okay, Dallas isn't going to make it. So that means only one NFC South team is going to go into the playoffs. Absolutely. So And only because those are the rules. Exactly. But, <laughs> so who who takes Dallas's spot? Are we going to have two AFC South teams? Dallas isn't in the playoff picture. They're in the hunt. They're on the bubble. Right now, Dallas, if the season ended today, would be out of the playoffs. Yeah. Or, right. I'm sorry. I'm looking at it wrong. But who would, be, who would take their – never mind. I think if I'm looking at my screen wrong, and that's where my question came from. I think the Lions could get into the playoffs in that last seed where maybe the Seahawks win 11 games. But if both Detroit and Dallas finish with 10 wins, then they'll take then they'll take that final playoff spot. Because in the end, I I think uh, Dallas is still going to lose another game to Philadelphia, and the head-to-head will come down to divisional record. And as long as the Lions have two wit two Two losses or fewer in the division, they'll be golden. They'll be in the playoffs. And so you really only have to win one out of those two games against Minnesota or Chicago. I do think in the end they'll win both. But we're talking what-ifs here, and we're talking scenarios. And so I think if the Lions were to win one of these next three games that people are saying are must-wins, it's not time to jump off the boat just yet. I think they're competing with two other very, very, very strong football teams in Dallas and Seattle. But I do think one of those two teams is also going to finish with ten wins. When you look at the and when you look at the tiebreakers, Detroit takes it. Right, now that I'm looking at my screen correctly, now <laughs> that I've got this all under control, you flipped your computer. Yeah, you mentioned NFC South, and I was like, yeah, "Whoa!" Because well, that's one of the worst yeah, divisions no, of all time. I'm sorry, no, I you're looked good. at it all you're wrong. Good, you're good. Looked at it all wrong. Okay, back to basics here. I still think they need three wins, and not even on the fact of making it. Two out of if you only win two games of the next four, that means that the Lions are worse than we thought they were because they're going to lose to a subpar football team that they have to verse that's coming up. One of them, mm-hmm. and hypothetically, it could be the Buccaneers or the Vikings at home, which is a total must-win for the Lions. If they only get two wins, they're totally never. They're not going to win their first-round playoff game at all. Oh, they, have, they have absolutely no chance. So to win three games means the Lions have a shot to win their playoff game. Yeah, because I, I have to agree with you there because if they do get three wins, they'll probably be playing either Atlanta or New Orleans. 
in their playoff game. And that's what you want. That is what you want. However, do you really think if they... See, it's really tough to say because I don't know what the playoff matchups are going to be. I don't know who they're going to be playing. You don't want to verse the Eagles. You don't. The Eagles are going to blow them out of the building. But the Absolutely f- not. Yeah. No way. I think yeah. the Eagles would blow them out of the building. Oh, yeah. Not one I, team I in think... that. No. Not one really? team. Why in not? The defense. The defense travels, too. Defense is good everywhere. Yeah, but so is so is the Eagles' defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not worried the, about it. The Eagles' defense forces turnover after turnover. They score half turnover. their points off turnovers. It's ridiculous. I think I saw something that they were like going into last week's game in fantasy points. They were the number one fantasy defense. However, they were the 26th ranked defense in the NFL when it comes to fa- when it comes to uh, yardage. So I think that tells you they win the game on the turnover battle. They get a lot of turnovers and. I think they're a team to watch out for. They capitalize on other teams' mistakes, and that's a team that is going to be scary in the playoffs. I really think so. And who would have thought Mark Sanchez might be make, leading a team on a playoff run this season? Who would have thought that at the beginning of the he's year? He's going to take well, another fumble. green and white. He's going to take another green and white team to the NFC to a championship game and lose. Wow, wow, that's rough. But is that, is that what you're going with? That's what I'm going with. Yeah, Nick Foles isn't going to take the reins. No. I think this is a better team than the Jets team that he quarterbacked back in the day. I would have to agree with you on that. But it's going to be interesting to see. It's, right now, these, of course, are all what-ifs, and the Lions need to capitalize on their upcoming strength of schedule. And, hey, who knows? I think all three of us right now are counting them out for Week 17 at Lambeau, but I know they haven't won there. Curse I know they haven't won there in my lifetime, but exactly, Chris. They do a prime time game. A prime time game. A playoff game. That's a playoff game. A playoff no implication, what. division on the line, prime time game. It's not going to be your average Lambo no. cold Sunday game. No, it won't be. And I mean, people are writing off the team right now, but that curse, that Lambo curse, has to come to an end at some point. And the Lions already shut down the Packers offense once in week three. And I know we say, well, teams change. Well, the Lions team has changed, too, from week three to where it is right now. I know Green Bay's changed to for the much better. They've been on fire lately, and I can't believe they beat New England last week. I had New England in that game. Kind of surprised. It's the Lambeau effect, though. It even got Tom Brady. It is the Lambeau effect. And so something about Lambeau Field, it gets to other teams, gets to the Lions especially, but you can't write them off just yet. I really don't think so. It'll be tough. Who are, who else can forget Week 17 in 2011 oh. when the Lions made the playoffs? And the Packers already had their playoff spot clinched up, so benched Aaron Rodgers, started Matt Flynn. Matt Flynn went off. Matt oh. Flynn went for what, six touchdowns, I'm pretty sure? Five, over 500 yards yeah. and earned himself a new contract that never played out. <laughs> yeah, now twice the Lions twice. defense <laughs> this year is miles better than that 2011 team's, but... I mean, there's just something about playing at Lambeau that's worrying, but it does have to end at some time, this curse. Maybe it'll happen in the playoffs. Wouldn't that be great? We'll see. Back-to-back Lambeau. That would be something. End of the season to playoff games would be something. It would be something. should hand to us. That would be beautiful. Yeah. I mean, if the Lions. Best two out of three between the Lions and Packers. If the Lions can win at Lambeau, I think the sky's the limit with this team. Oh, yeah. But they need to prove that they can beat the Elite. You beat Lambeau. On the road, last game of the season, you're going to the playoffs hot. Exactly. They beat 
Green Bay week three, but I don't think that really proved much. I want to see what they can do at the end of the season and if they can finish the season strong because teams in the most recent years haven't been able to do that. And this most recent win against the Chicago Bears, hopefully it's a sign for things to come. But we need to see if they can capitalize on these next three easy games against Tampa, Minnesota, and Chicago. But I think 10 wins will get them in. These three games are where Coach Lombardi needs to find his offense's identity. And personally, if you're listening, Joe, give Joick Bell the ball more. And Theo Riddick. That guy's no, got to get the ball. get out of here. Man, they got to hand the get ball off more. Of no. get, take some pressure off of Matt Stafford. I like that they included him in the catching game. He had six catches, 54 yards. I mean, that's good. That's you get great. another weapon out there, but you don't need him to run. Joyke Bell for 91 yards. They need to take a little bit of heat off Matt Stafford. Reggie Bush is coming back. Joyke Bell's not going to run the ball. It's just, it's just life, man. Now, there's one player you're talking about, Bell and Riddick here, but there's one player that we haven't mentioned, and it's the big money guy, Reggie Bush. And right now they're saying he's on track for a week 14 return, but... Is he really? Is he really? Because let's see if he says they he, said that in week. If seven. he personally says he's going to play, he's not playing. So we got to wait for the been, team's word. We've been hearing for weeks now that he's ready to go. He's ready to go. He's ready to go. And he came back for one game, re-injured himself. And last week he said, "I'm ready to go. I'll be playing on Thanksgiving." Didn't take the field on Thursday. So let's say hold him out the next two weeks. You you really think so? Oh yeah. I don't think the Lions are hurting without him. I think if he comes back, it might help a little bit, but. Honestly, if they want, if they miss Reggie Bush that bad, they'd give Theo Riddick the ball more. I don't see he's a carbon copy, a yeah, younger. I, I, but I don't think Theo Riddick needs to carry the ball more. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. He had six receptions in the last game. It's nice to have him out there catching the ball. They need to do that. They, they need somebody like that. And okay, true. That's what they're missing without Reggie, and it's nice that they have Theo there to complement it. It really is. I don't think that they need him to run the ball. I think when Reggie comes back, he will get some carries. Well, at least he touched the ball six times. That's something I'm all right with. Say, throw it to him three times, maybe let him run it three times. Ah, Chris, you and your boy Theo. Yeah, Yeah, well, we're going to look now into next week's game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you could really say it's been a disappointing season for them. They brought in a new... New coach in Lovey Smith, new quarterback in Josh McCown, and just nothing's really clicked with this team. They're 2-10 and 10 right now, good for fourth in the NFC South. But lately, they've been competitive, guys. And you look at their most recent games, and they really haven't lost any game by double digits since Week 7, since their last bye week. So they lost Week 8 by 6 to Minnesota, but still in only in overtime. Week 9 by 5. Week 10 by 10, that's their only double-digit loss in recent weeks. They won Week 11 against the Washington Redskins, blew them out of the yard, and then they lost only by 8 to the Bears at Soldier Field, and they were competitive and they were competitive and almost beat the Cincinnati Bengals, who are probably going to make the playoffs in that division. Oh, Chris, you're shaking your head. No way. That's another discussion that we can have for later, but... Uh, they only lost by one of the Cincinnati Bengals. And so this is a team that's been really competitive lately. They don't really have much of a rushing game. About just as bad as the Lions, 29th in the league. So it, I'm interested in hear from you guys. Are you at all nervous about how competitive this team has been lately? And do you think they'll be able to compete with the Lions? No, because I don't think Josh McCowan is going to be able to throw his way through the Lions' defense. I think Mike Evans will definitely... Oh, Mike Evans will have his day, but He'll... nobody else will. Yeah, Bobby Rainey's been struggling all year. 
I mean, it's anything with Doug Martin. I don't think, other than Mike Evans, they're not going to be able to put up much offense. Another guy to watch out for, though, and I mean, they do have a one-two punch in their receiving core because they still have Vincent Jackson there. Oh yeah, I forgot about Vincent him. Jackson. People have forgotten about, but I mean, he hasn't been to- terrible this year. He's had fifty catches, seven hundred yards. It's the two touchdowns that jump out with you. To Evans is eight, so Evans is more of the end zone end zone threat. But keep an eye out for Vincent Jackson too, and don't sleep on him. And so it's going to be kind of tough for the Lions, I think, to cover both of these guys. I do agree with you. Evans is going to have a pretty good game. He might make the Lions wish they had traded up for him in the draft. But once again, that's a topic for another show. However, I don't think the Bucs are a team to sleep on. I think that they can make some plays on defense. They can force some turnovers. And I think that they can make it a competitive game. I think that this game will be competitive. I think you've looked at the Lions' most recent wins. They've all been competitive in the first half. Even Thanksgiving, they were down 14-3 to in the first quarter. And so I'm not saying that the Lions are going to get that. I'm not saying that they're going to dig themselves that much of a hole, but I think it's going to be close, closer than people think, especially in the first half. So with that, I want to get our predictions before we finish our show today. And Chris, I'm going to start with you. Your score prediction for the Lions' Week 14 matchup against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Ford Field. 30-12, to 12, Lions. Wow. Yeah. Not giving up a touchdown? You're going with the four field goals? Yep. Okay. I'm going 21-10, Lions. 21-10. to 10. I'm going I'm going 30-17, to 17, Ooh. Lions. I think it's going to be close in the first half, like I said. But in the end, Lions are going to pull it out. They're the far superior team. Much, much more playmakers. So hopefully that will be the result, and we will be recapping it here next week. Finals week here at MSU, so a stressful time for all of us, but we will be here full throttle next week for, to recap that Lions hopeful win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I want to thank all of you guys for listening to our show this week. Once again, I'm Michael Heiger, my co-hosts Chris Bogus and Louis Bellata, who for some reason are... Look like they're licking their microphones or something. I don't know what you guys are doing there. We're just ready to go. You're ready to go. Well, it's time for us to go. And as always, before we leave, a big old go, go Lions! Lions!